We are continuing through our series on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, you guys didn't know it was this long, did you? It's only three chapters in Matthew, but we're going all the way. We're, we're taking a lot of the year to do this. No apologies. We are going through the Sermon on the Mount, which we are calling Jesus' Donkey Kingdom Manifesto. Uh, a week before he was arrested, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And in the prophecy that talks about that event, we see that the reason he chooses a donkey is to show the kind of king, the kind of messiah uh, he is, and the kind of kingdom that he is going to bring, one of righteousness, victory, and lowliness. Our victory is assured, but worldly status, power, standing is not. We have a donkey messiah who points us to the way of the donkey kingdom. And the Sermon on the Mount is where we hear directly from Jesus about life in his kingdom, what's important, what matters, how we're supposed to live in this kingdom. So it's his manifesto. And we just finished walking through the Lord's Prayer section of the manifesto. And today we're talking about Jack Sparrow's favorite subject, treasure. Jack Sparrow, parts of the Caribbean. So... I actually asked an AI bot to give us one of our key verses for today in pirate speak. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not as funny as it sounds like it, it should be. It goes, where your treasure be, there your heart be also, me hearty. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing to what we already have. It's pretty, the only difference is the voice you use to say it. So, Oh, well. Creativity, check. But let's get into this uh, here, because while we are talking uh, tr about treasure today, we're not necessarily only talking about gold and jewels. Because as our hero Jack Sparrow says, not all treasures silver and gold, mate. It's probably the last time I talk about Jack Sparrow today. So let's read our passage, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, me hearty. <laughs> the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So let's take a look at this here. Starting the first section, treasures on earth. What's Jesus talking about here? All right, so he's talking about the temporal stuff, right? The things on this earth that, while useful here, don't bring the fullness or satisfaction or completeness that only God can bring. These things don't last. You can't take them with you when your run on this earth is through. All right, now let me get some of this ob obligatory and obvious stuff out of the way here, okay? Uh, money can't buy happiness. It's not going to make you happy. Uh, money's not the end of the world. Uh, money won't save you. I think that kind of covers most of the bases here. Uh, but here's the thing. That's all true. 
right? Jesus talks about money more than any other topic because he knows that it's one of the big things we're going to struggle with. Right? Either accumulating too much and putting our trust in it or longing for it so much that we let however much we have or don't have determine how happy or satisfied we are in life. So these things are true. But two things I want to say here. First, let's be honest that money can buy you a lot of things, right? Like, man, having money's great. <laughs> Andrea and I are not wealthy people, but we have known some pretty lean times in our lives, and I can tell you that having money sure feels a lot better than not having money. Right? Money may not be able to buy happiness, but it can get you clothes, shelter, movies, food, a television, a pet, a car, all kinds of things. So I don't want to gloss over the importance of money, but it's for precisely this reason that money can have an outsized level of importance in our hearts. So we have to be super careful about our attitudes about it. The second thing I'll say here is that while the word treasure here definitely refers to money, it doesn't only refer to money. It's referring to whatever thing we treasure in our hearts. Treasure is whatever we value in our hearts. These can even be good things, right? Relationships, right? Relationships are a big one. We really value relationships, and, and, and that can be a really good thing. But even relationships aren't eternal. I don't want to get too sidetracked by the question of what will our relationships look like in heaven. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been there. Um, there are passages in scripture, though, that seem to indicate that even things like marriage, marriage relationships that we have here on earth may not mean much in heaven because we'll have the fullness of relationship with God when we're there. People won't be given in marriage in heaven. It's Matthew twenty-two thirty, And yet... And yet, being relational is a part of what it means to be made in God's image. So I don't know what relationships will look like in heaven. But with that said, I can say that our earthly relationships, while fulfilling here, don't ultimately fulfill or satisfy and cannot save a person's soul. Just like money, they can bring great things to our lives. But they aren't of ultimate importance. Because once Earth 1.0 passes away, those things can't come with us to version 2.0. Here on Earth, things can be taken, stolen, eaten away, right? As it says in our passage, where moth and vermin destroy. Uh, at home, we store our lunch boxes in the little uh, drawer under our stove. Like we got a stove and a little drawer underneath it. I don't know what that's intended for, but our, in our house, it's intended for our lunch boxes. So we're in there pretty much every day, especially once school starts, uh, getting out lunches, packing lunches for school and for work uh, for me. And one morning a couple of months ago, I opened the drawer, and the seams of the lunch boxes were all ripped up. Stuffing was everywhere, and little brownish-black pellets all over the drawer. Vermin had quite literally eaten our treasure. Now, 
Treasure is a strong word for an insulated lunchbox. I get it. But one of them was a Minions lunchbox that I really like to use, and so we declared war on the mice. You'll be glad to know that we won and that we all have new lunchboxes and the drawer is clean. But then, then, over the last couple of weeks, we've been seeing in our house a yellow jacket nest forming inside our house. Right? They entered through a corner of the front window outside and were building their nest in our ceiling between the first and second floor. We could sit in the living room and hear them chewing and building and scratching. I could even hear it from another room. It was horrifying, <laughs> chilling. I, words cannot express. Andrea can tell you, I was, <sighs> it was awful. Vermin were literally eating our home. We finally, yesterday, had someone come out, cut holes in the walls and the ceiling and vacuum them out, pull out the nest, kill whatever yellow jackets were left. So now we've got some patching to do, so that'll be fun. But that's the nature of our treasure here on Earth, right? It's temporary. But even the treasure we're holding, even if the treasure we're holding is somehow permanent, we're not. At least not this go-around. The reason we're talking about treasures so much is because of the relationship between our treasures and our hearts. I declared war on those mice because I like those lunchboxes. The way I reacted was evidence of how I felt about those things. That and mice are gross and we don't want them in our house. But our passage says that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And if you want to know where a person's heart is, look at what they value. Right? Look not only at their things and stuff, but look at their schedule, their calendars, their relationships, and quality of their relationships. How they value their reputation, the time they spend with God. Look at their passions. What do they love spending time, uh, their time and energies on? What gets a person's motor running? What do they get excited about? Right? Is it cars? Is it vacation? Is it work? Again, none of these things are inherently wrong, and they can all add blessing to our lives. But when they go from good to ultimate, that's where we start running into trouble. And we don't have to, we don't have to force our hearts to follow our treasures. It's what naturally happens. Our hearts naturally follow our treasure. If you invest $100,000 in a particular stock, you're going to be following that company's stocks ups and downs like a hawk, right? You'll be reading up on everything about that company and learning everything you can about it. It will be natural because that's where you've put your treasure. Right? This is all assuming you have 100 grand to invest, which is not my experience, but it's just an illustration, so go with me, people. Anyway, this first section and, and the last section of our passage today seem to fit really well together. Right? Don't trust in earthly possess, uh, treasures. Don't elevate them in your heart because at the end of the day, you'll only be able to serve one master. You can't serve more than one. You can't serve both Yahweh God, the God of the Bible, uh, or money. Originally, it says mammon, which is the Carthaginian god of money, wealth. 
You can't serve two gods at once. But it's this middle section that got, my head, got me scratching my head today. What the heck is it doing here? It doesn't seem to fit. Well, this section, the sections surrounding it seem to make sense and go together, right? They're talking about money and treasures and not putting them as primary things in our lives. But then verses 22 and 23 talk about our eyes and lamps and stuff. It's like, what? We go from talking about the heart to talking about the eyes. Why? Why the switch? Well, it's just to give us another metaphor to give us a fuller understanding of the surrounding texts, actually. Right, the eyes that are referred to in these verses actually stand for the same thing as our heart in the surrounding sections. They stand for our inner selves, right, our nature, our being. And here it's saying that what we look to will define us. Right? That's essentially what it's saying here. If we look to what gives light, then we'll have light in our hearts. If we look to what gives darkness, then that's what we'll have inside. Essentially, this middle section gets us to ask the question, who or what are we looking to for life? All right, if we're looking to money or our earthly treasures, we'll be full of darkness because they can't give us the life we're looking for. That's not how they work. You know, like we said before, money and other treasures, even good ones, can be good for a lot of things, but they were never intended to fulfill or bring peace. That's just not their purpose. It's what we want them to do. But it's not what they were designed to do. Trying to use money or even relationships or other temporary things to bring us that ultimate peace or salvation is like using toothpaste to tie your shoes. Right? That's not what toothpaste was meant to do. And not only will it not work, you'll end up with a huge mess by the time you're done. But if we're looking to God for our fulfillment, then we'll have life. We'll have light because he is the source of life for us. So the question then becomes, what are you looking toward? What treasure is dictating where your heart is? What treasure is in your chest, so to speak? I know for me, one of the big treasures in my chest is approval from other people. I want it so bad. It's so big for me. And I know, I'm sure it is for a lot of people, but I really want it. But look, if, if that's the big one for me then, if that's one of the big ones for me, and I can't serve both my chosen treasure of approval and God, then that might mean that in order to stay faithful to God, there will be times that I have to give up on approval from other people. Even people here in this church. That's going to be tough. To make the unpopular decision. I don't like the whole idea of that. <laughs> but if I can't do that, then what's my God? Approval is. Your approval. <laughs> and the approval of people will always be a moving target because I'm putting my well-being in the hands of other people. It's inherently fragile. I can't trust that. 
So there might be times when I have to make the decision against people approval. And that scares me. But that's the rubber meets the road type stuff, you know? That's the, that's the moments of, okay, I say I want God to be the God of my life, but how much do I mean that? Right? What are your treasures? If your treasure was in the drawer under our stove, would you be worried about it? <laughs> would it stand the test? Talking about money and, and treasure is big for us here in the States. Uh, we're rich enough and comfortable enough that we end up getting used to it and even end up thinking that we're owed being rich and comfortable. We're entitled to it. That life is supposed to be comfortable and we're supposed to have enough money for everything our heart desires. But that's just not the reality. Life is hard, people. I don't know if you guys know that. Life is hard. And while money and relationships and other treasures might ease some of the burden, it will not change that fact. I uh, saw someone on threads this morning, if any of you guys are on threads, um, and they quoted someone else. Uh, and it was saying something like, and I'm going to butcher it because it was just this morning, People who have not suffered or don't think that suffering should be a thing look in bewilderment at the scriptures. <laughs> it's a part of life. In the Bible, man, that, that's real life in there. It doesn't gloss over that stuff. What is the treasure in your chest? How can you even determine what that might be? Right? Well, maybe you can ask yourself how you would react if, if something was taken from you. Right? And listen, I'm not saying that you can't have money or relationships. These are certainly very important in our lives. And, and as, as important as money is in our society, we were actually created for relationships here on earth. Right? Like I said, we, you know, relationships are a part of being made in God's image, being relational beings. Relationships are good and healthy and we need them but they don't bring salvation. They can bring help, accountability, growth, joy, love, all these incredible things. Relationships are such a gift to us. So I'm not saying that we ditch them or the other good things in life, but what are we looking to for our very life and light? What are we looking for to give us peace in our souls? What are we looking to to bring us peace with God. And not only where are we looking, but what are we doing to stockpile our treasures in heaven? And while we're at it, what even is that, treasures in heaven? <laughs> what is that? In Matthew uh, chapter 13, we read this in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field so that he could have the treasure. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. As kingdom people, the kingdom 
is our treasure. It matters more than anything we can own, more than anything we can accomplish in this life, anything that we can know. God's kingdom is the place where our donkey Messiah reigns and all people live like him. It's a place where each image bearer has value, where justice and equality reigns, and where people know and love Jesus more than anything. When this is happening, these are the treasures we build and will last. So think about your relationships. While relationships don't bring ultimate salvation for us, we can work in our relationships to build treasure in heaven. Right? Like acting like Jesus towards your friend and family. Friends and family. I didn't mean to imply you only have one friend. Towards your friends and family. <laughs> or actually talking about Jesus with your friends. Right? I know that sounds like a really churchy thing. Hey, go talk about Jesus with your friends. But it's true. What better way to have donkey kingdom treasure than to have more and more people joining you there? Serving other fellow fallen image bearers is also a kingdom effort. Something that grows the kingdom and builds you up in the kingdom. Are you spending time in the Bible, in his words to you, reading and immersing yourself in Jesus and his story for the world? Are you loving people well, your kids, your co-workers, your friends and neighbors? Are you speaking up for those who can't speak for themselves? Are you defending the rights of the poor and needy? That's Proverbs 31. These treasures get stored up in heaven. They don't save us, <laughs> but they help us to live the kinds of lives that donkey kingdom people live and help to bring God's kingdom here like it is in heaven. I've heard somewhere that we should be praying for that. What is the treasure in your chest. I want to take some time here to go to God and ask him to help us discern what the treasure is in our chest. To help us focus our gaze on him for our light and our life. We're going to take a full minute, take a full 60 seconds, and we're just going to sit. I want you to ask God, God, what is the treasure in my chest? What am I valuing? Is there something that you can show me that is distracting me from you, pulling me away from you, causing me to act in ways that are not consistent with your kingdom as I interact with other people, as I think about other people? We're going to take a minute now and ask God to show us ourselves. Let's just sit in silence for a moment and I'll close this out in prayer.